And so my mission is to keep people from having to have a hospital bed revelation like I did. And now, coming to you from the K2 Studios in San Diego, California, it's the world-famous Chris and Christine Show. Hey, what's happening, everybody? How you doing today? I am Chris. And I'm Christine, and welcome to episode 39 of the Chris and Christine Show. Do-do-do-do! All right, number 39. That is fantastic, Christine. I know. Can you believe that now our podcast is as old as I am? Wait, you're 39? <laughs> yes, I, I, I am. That. I'm not 40 yet, old man. I haven't. I haven't. What do you call me old hill. man for? Because you're over the hill. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. You're like 40 plus. That's over the hill. What? I am? Isn't that the truth? Like, isn't over the hill considered like 40? I, you know, I thought back in the day it was <laughs> called 30 was called over the hill. If you hit 30, you're I like, thought it was like 50 in the old days. No, I think they're pushing it to like 60 or 80. Well, maybe. they say that like 60 is the new 50 and they 50 do? is the new 40. Well, so. I've got some hope, I guess. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for telling you me that. You do sometimes act like you're 30. 43 you know i think i look 30. 30 so people say i'm 30 so i i just go with it like yeah i'll let you believe that that's that's fine you no know, for real people ask me ask me like how old are you what are, people are, uh people you know <laughs> what people people and, and they say are you like when you're in your 30s i say yeah sure why not <laughs> oh my gosh you're making up stories now you're so funny so anyways so hey christine um what has been happening with you over the last week well, you know, still living the Q life, working from home, but started with some home improvement projects over the last week. What? Yes. Um, Sunday, last after we had published this episode, I got this wild hair that I wanted to retile the downstairs bathroom floor. Oh, my goodness. You wouldn't believe she completely remodeled. Well, not 100% completely, but mostly completely remodeled the downstairs bathroom all I, by herself yeah it's like you start with this uh i just want to do one thing and then it snowballs into well now that i've got the floor looking so nice it doesn't go with the tile on the countertop anymore so i need to redo the tile on the countertop how'd you do that christine well the floor and the tile on the countertop are kind of the same thing uh for the flooring i found this it looks kind of like concrete tiles concrete strip tiles but it was peel and stick peel and stick tile like a vinyl kind of thing yeah it's a vinyl tile so it's thick but you just take the sticky part off of the back of it and then you stick it down once you get it all laid out you go back and you roll over it with a wooden rolling pin that's how the professionals do it with a big uh, roller i've seen them on the really? cement on the sidewalks right when they roll the streets right oh like, I didn't even think about that. I just thought that it was like when it said, get your rolling pin out. I was all, okay, this is a steamroller. Like, uh, you know, they, oh, you know, so smart. Well, that's what they say. You know, <laughs> they always say that. Yeah. Who's they? Everybody. <laughs> You're, you, you've got a theme of the they tonight. Well, the, they, you know, they, they think that I look 30. They always, they always, they mistake so me smart. for a supermodel. <laughs> they mistake me for an actor. They mistake me for, you know, everything. So that's so funny. Yeah. But, anyways, you did the, the so tile. I did the floor. Yeah. The and floor. then um, I bought this peel and stick tile for, I, I was going to redo an outdoor table, a glass top outdoor table. 
But we were talking about. Well, the it counter- wasn't really a table. It was more like a what coffee table, kind of small thing. It's still a table. It's still a form of a table. It's like I, a little round drink table, like a drink table. Like it goes like on the side of like a little outdoor. Chair. Yeah, like the next to the little outdoor chairs. But it was rinky dink. You'd had it here. It was actually used. My dad found it like at a dumpster, and he like spray painted the, the legs and painted it and like cleaned it up, and he gave it to me from when I first moved in here. It was like a welcome home or a home welcome present. Homewarming, like homewarming. I can't say that. Housewarming. Yeah. Yes, it's a housewarming gift is oh, what it was. Oh, that was so nice. From, well, the, from the dumpster. Thanks, Dad. Sorry, Dad, that I redid it, but I did. So um, I got the peel and stick tile originally for that table. But as you and I were talking and we were looking at the flooring in the brand new light colored flooring in the bathroom. Speaking of which, people, you have to go and look at the K2 show page because we we showed some pictures. I'll, I'll post some more of the bathroom renovation. But it had the original black kind of marbly looking 1980s tile. It reminded me of like an old uh, casino from like the 80s. Oh my gosh, yes. You know, I don't know how to explain it. It's like the, some of the old casinos back in the day, way back in the day, had this like black zebra print uh, like marble or whatever. Yeah. And then it had dark, darkish gray blue walls. But there was this one spot on the wall that I had to patch up before I moved in here. I like spackled over Oh, why over is that, it. Christine? Why, why did I have to patch over it? Did somebody break? Did you, did you bump it? No, there was a hole in there, and It'll, I wanted to patch it up. Oh, I thought I thought you bumped it. No, I don't bump into things around here. Oh, that's maybe Look me. At you trying to blame me for stuff. No, no. What I did is I patched over all the holes throughout the house because somebody had been a little bit rough with the walls. So, anyways, I mean, walls, flooring, countertop. I redid it all. It was a. I call it my like 12 hour transformation of the bathroom because it looks a billion percent different. Yes, it does. And I helped you install the new faucet oh, in gosh. there, which took another. F- I told that her- by itself took 72 hours. Well, Christine <laughs> said, she said, how long will it take you, Chris? And I said, I don't know, maybe half an hour if something goes wrong or an hour, maybe. I don't know. How long did it take me to fix that thing? Three and a half hours, three and a half hours. And it was okay. First of all, what I didn't Just know a single faucet in a sink. But what I didn't know is it was still the original, original faucet, like from when the people moved in here. It was like the 1980s style, kind of glass looking, twisty knob uh, bathroom faucet. And when he took it out, there was a different level of nasty that came out of those pipes. And I. I thought it was fine. What? You were like. No, no, no. You were freaking out. Blah! What is this dripping on my face? Blah! My back! Blah! Oh, yeah. It was painful. I didn't put anything down under the sink. I just laid under the... Like, part on the cabinet, part on the ground? Yeah. So, my back was all in some twisted position. But you were, like, laying up underneath it. That's like... You don't do that. Holding heavy wrenches above my face, hoping they don't drop on my face. Yeah. You you definitely could have broken your nose, but... (laughs) Would you like to tell everybody how it finally got finished? How the job finally got finished? Oh, by Christine actually uh, figuring out <laughs> how to fix it because I was stuck at this one part. I couldn't figure out how to get the pipe. It all sinks have this like drain at the bottom, um, right at the right bottom of the sink. And there's this pipe there with this little plastic or sometimes metal. Uh, what do you call it? A little capper you pull out. Right. The, drain, the hair gets stuck in there kind of mm-hmm. th- a drain plug. And um, that whole piece is like a, a whole assembly piece. And we're trying to unscrew- I unscrewed the bottom part. I unscrewed the top part. And I could not get it out of the pipe. It was too long. Yeah. And so we couldn't get it around. We couldn't get it out. And then Christine, what did you do to get it out? Well, Chris is like, Ugh, 
I'm, I'm I can't do this. You have to. Well, first of all, he's like, if you don't know Chris, <laughs> he likes to over exaggerate things. No, I don't. So I'm sitting on the couch for bit. the third hour waiting for the faucet because we can't. It's a small bathroom. We couldn't both be in there. And he's like, call a plumber. I'm not going to be able to get this done. Call a plumber. Oh, yeah. I did a little fit, didn't oh, I? Oh, he like temper, temper. You had a major temper tantrum. And so here I am a on bit. the phone like, oh, gosh, now we're out of like we had to turn off the water down there. So now my whole project that I just wanted to finish that just started with the flooring was now at risk of not being finished. And I'm on the phone trying to call a 24-7 plumber to come over and fix it for us at night. All because I want to change a faucet. All because I want to change a faucet. And then I said... You know, I, I try to not overstep, Chris, when you're doing projects, because I've i heard before that men feel like defeated if the woman steps in in their place to like fix something. And I never want you to like feel like I'm overstepping. And well, so- thank you. I thank you. I, I don't feel like you're overstepping. It's just that like, like I'll get mindset on finishing it if I can. If right. I if, if it's if I know that I physically hit a wall of like it, I cannot continue any further with what i have that i'm gonna have to take it to plan b which is called the experts but before i get to there i'll go through a lot of emotions of like oh crap anger frustration um and then i'll spend a bunch of hours trying to figure it out right before i'll get to the let's call somebody um hopefully you know well i was on the phone trying to call somebody and then you I, I remember you asking me to come in there and i was like well i can't i'm on the phone you're like who who are you on the phone with well what did you actually say do you remember no i don't remember what i said oh. i was a blur of anger at the time <laughs> yeah. I, was, I, was a bl- I was like a cloud of blur and of, of madness here's what you said you said i didn't mean that i didn't mean that at all you didn't need to call a plumber i just was you know it's just a thing i say when i'm upset <laughs> <And> <laughs> I, was exa- like, I was exaggerating and i was like oh well i was trying to get somebody over here and then i said you know do you want me to help you out and so Thankfully, you allowed me to help you with that, and I got under there. And then, how long was it before I had it fixed? Um, well, I got to a certain point, and then Christine got <laughs> it from from uh, that point to the end in about five minutes. No, it was a minute and a half. Maybe maybe a minute and a half. <laughs> I, I wasn't keeping track. I wasn't counting, but yeah, she fixed. But that it was pipe. it was tricky. So it was when you look at it, it's like one of those puzzles that you really can't. It was. Solve. It was totally like one right. of those weird puzzles. Like get the keys off the chain or something. Right. You exactly. Get, you can't figure it out. What I had to do is I had to loosen a pipe that was a little bit further back so that we could move that pipe out. Uh, and then take the longer one out. It was a little bit of finagling it, but we got it done and finished at right around 1 a.m. And that was the first of the major projects. And we, well, before that, Chris had brought over some contractors to fix some indoor stuff that we needed to to fix in terms of the ceiling. But then Chris... And the walls too. Right. Yeah. And then why don't you tell everybody what I did for you the rest of the week? So the rest of the week, Christine hired a contractor she found on... What did you find him on? Craigslist? No. Back page? Penny saver? What was it? What are you talking about? No. I did my research. I know, but... Google leads. And I went through to Home Depot referral service and Yelp. I, I I triangulate my referrals. Well, Christine found... A landscaper. A landscaper. And she and the landscaper came with this grand vision to remodel the backyard. And Christine did that. A fabulous job. Thank you. It was amazing. Took them like, what, all week? And they totally redid the backyard. Well, not all of it, but they did a majority of the well, work. Well, like trimmed up the tree, built a retaining wall with a raised planter, planted some flowers, and then I went and planted some additional flowers. 
But then I did some, uh, and then they added gravel in the um, this one area where we have gravel. And they leveled it out too. They were yes. uh, they put a bigger plank around the edge so the gravel could be a little higher up. It wouldn't like spill out everywhere because the gra- the gravel sits the way it was. It was kind of a slight hill, so right. it, so the gravel kind of sl- run down the hill a little bit. Even though it looked level, it wasn't quite level enough. It, now with the wood on the other side, it really is level. Yep, and that allowed us to be able to build our fire pit area so we got this beautiful fire pit and adirondack chairs and i i built a little herb garden we bought this beautiful picnic table and it was painted an aqua color and now our backyard is an oasis and it's not done but it's really far on its way and it's beautiful i love it and and we we have pictures i believe on our instagram page that correct yes we do and our twitter account i believe too Mm -hmm. so definitely check them out and give us your input on what your backyard oasis looks like because we feel like as we've been sheltering in place and we're in this place in this house more and more hours that it's like things that didn't bother us before they now bother us and we just want to get them resolved and one of my things was Chris has been wanting to have a backyard paradise since we started dating, and I wanted to help make that happen. So, babe, high five! My th- gift for you. Oh, thank you so much, guy. I love hanging out in the backyard, having drinks, having coffee, grass, plants. I, I want my backyard to basically look like Disneyland. Yeah, you know, just like that, just like that uh, landscaping they have at all the Disney resorts. It just looks amazing. Right, it's so cute over there. Oh, I love it. Well, one of the things that I found about the home improvement stuff, Chris, is that it really helps to take my mind off of those negative thoughts or like feeling isolated or feeling overwhelmed. And it's giving me something to really look forward to. Like a purpose. Yeah, it really does. And speaking of purpose, our guest for this show is going to be talking with us about finding your purpose and empowering people to find their purpose. And we're going to be right back with her right after this. Hey there, K2 crew. We love having you as our loyal listeners. To keep up to date with what's happening behind the scenes, check us out on social media. Yeah, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter. And don't forget to follow our Facebook page. Yeah, tag us in your favorite fun stories. And guess what? You might just end up on the show. Hey, 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 welcome back, everybody. And today we have a very special guest who happens to be a consultant and a speaker and an author and a podcaster, all in one, we have the one, the only, Artisha T. Bolding on the show. How are you doing, Artisha? Wonderful. So excited to be here, Chris and Christine. Thank you all so much. We are so excited to have you on the show. And what part of the world are you joining us from today? I am calling all the way from Augusta, Georgia. With oh, a- Oh, now Augusta, where is that in, in the state in terms of like north, south, east, west, middle? We are in the northeast. We're actually right over the South Carolina line, about two hours from Atlanta. Ooh, hot Atlanta. We had a guest on just a couple weeks ago from Atlanta. Looks like Georgia's bringing the heat when it comes to the podcasting world. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> hey, speaking of heat, it has the weather like over there. You know what? We have actually been unseasonably cool for about a week. I don't know what is going on. Well, it has been so hot here and it's unseasonably warm in San Diego, like high 90s, closing up everything, putting on the air. But the one thing that we don't have is humidity. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. I actually spent a good deal of time in L.A., and so I couldn't enjoy the 
um, not having the humidity. <laughs> Definitely. Well, we know that you wear a lot of different hats and we're excited to get to know a bit more about you. We know that you have or you are a minister, a coach, an author, a wife, and a speaker. Uh, but we would love to know first, what is the thing that motivates you in life? The thing that absolutely drives me and gives my heart joy is to see the light bulb go off in someone else as they are being guided, usually by me, on their purpose <laughs> discovery journey, right? I love to see people tune into what their purpose and calling is and just rock it out. It is amazing. That is so awesome. I love that so much. Um, so yes. you you attended uh, Howard University, right? Whoop, whoop. Yes, HU. <laughs> what was it like going there? That Those were some of the best years of my life, Chris. I met lifelong friends there. I had some of the best intellectual conversations I've ever had to date. The food, the culture, what I was exposed to as far as um, professors with PhDs and just amazing life experience, even from the civil rights movement all the way up to the early 2000s when I was there. It was really amazing. It really just all felt like family. It was the best four and a half, <coughs> five years. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I had a student, so my background is I'm in education and I was a former high school teacher. And my very first year as a high school government and econ teacher, which is a 12th grade requirement in California, I had mm -hmm. a young student that was accepted to Howard and, um, you know, she had a little bit of a troubled background. And so I taken her and her little sister under my wing. And I remember taking her to Target and shopping for all of her dorm supplies that I set her up with and then sending her on the road to Howard and then getting occasional emails from her like, this is the best experience of my life. And I just... I've always heard about amazing things from Howard University. Um, so it's yes. nice to meet somebody that's an actual alumni. What did you study right. when you were at Howard? It was your major. I believe it. I was poli-sci pre-law. I just knew that I was going to be Claire Huxtable and I was going to find this handsome doctor and it was just going to be all of the things, but none of that, um, none oh, of that actually happened. <laughs> you know, it never does. You know, you always have these visions of what you want to do and it never works out that way, but. But see, I mm -hmm. knew that there was a connection between us. I was a poli-sci major also. So you are oh, my right. people. I know, right? <laughs> Virtual hugs. This is <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. So, um, so Artisha, um, also we like to uh, talk a little bit about, we did find out that you said you had a little bit of a health scare that uh, pretty much impacted you. Now, what can you uh, tell us about what that was like? Yes. So in 2018, I literally died. <gasps> okay. It's like, Yes. I'm talking about flatline, having to be resuscitated, intubated, the whole deal. It was a nightmare. And the thing about it was I was only 38 years old and this came literally out of nowhere. I have wow. had no medical history. I don't like to brag, but um, I was young and healthy. I didn't even have a primary care doctor at the time. Like I went to the doctor when the insurance says, hey, if you want to keep benefits, you got to go to the doctor. You know? Right. 
So out of nowhere, I began to uh, be very lethargic. I began to have chest pains and um, and breathing problems. And, you know, kind of shaking it off like I'm just tired because I was also at the time working 60 hours per week on a crazy, crazy job and not eating healthy and all of that. So I was kind of, uh, you know, attributed to that. But as the symptoms got worse, um, I was getting fussed at by my coworkers and family, went to the doctor, and I would be hospitalized four times, wow. a total of 26 days. Wow. Yes. Did they figure out what it was at that point? So they, you know, are playing like, you know, throw something against the wall and see what sticks. It was a very frustrating process. But what they finally came back with was pulmonary hypertension. And um, I actually had a very serious case because in combination with sleep apnea, which I literally stopped breathing when I'm asleep, crazy, <sighs> um, I went into congestive heart failure and respiratory failure at the same time. Oh, oh no. my gosh. Yeah, so super, super scary. But you never kind of want to thank God and the higher power for the trials and challenges. You don't want to kind of say thank you. But I am grateful for everything that I experienced because it highlighted my purpose and calling for me in such a major way. And so my mission is to keep people from having to have a hospital bed revelation like I did. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, you, you hear about this on the news where people, you know, they've gotten very sick and then all of a sudden when they come out of that, their life has changed. But tell me how your approach is getting people before they get to that point. Like, how do you, how do you help them? So the big thing that I deal with as a coach and a minister, actually, going in that first thing is to get rid of the head trash, those self-limiting beliefs. Uh, my friend Isabel calls it the ice troll, just that nagging inner critic that's always, you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, no one wants to hear from you, you're never going to be successful, you might as well just stick to your nine to five. So I have to help them declutter that and find some clarity. And so once I can get them to talking about what their passions are, sometimes I have to help um, them go all the way back to childhood, hobbies and things that they like, um, things that their family would um, rely on them for. You know, sometimes there's the kid that at the family gathering, they're telling the jokes or singing songs or dancing, and they just command the attention in the room. Mm -hmm. A lot of times there's something to that. There's a gifting in there. And that is how you plug into joy and clarity and purpose. So I have exercises to kind of get people to thinking and to saying it out loud. And so mm -hmm. it's hard work, but it's also a lot of fun. That sounds like super rewarding. And I was, when I woke up this morning, I get those automatic notifications on my cell phone of like the news clips. And the one that came up this morning from our local news station was that the rate of unemployment right now is crazy actually, high, real high. Actually, the the data came out today that it, for the first time in history, has exceeded the percentage of unemployment from the Great Depression. And so, we know that there wow. are millions and millions of people that are struggling with lost hope, with feeling mm -hmm. like they um, maybe don't have value and are hopeless. Mm -hmm. And so, from your perspective as a coach, uh, thinking of this being your microphone to the world right now. What is it that you would say to those that are struggling with some of those limiting beliefs? 
The thing that I would say is don't neglect your self-care and those affirmations. Those are so powerful. So some people, not to be gender biased, but kind of especially my guys, they say, you know, oh, that's that touchy, feely, mushy stuff. It doesn't work. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Chris totally agrees. Kind of feel like that doesn't work. But I am a living testament that it does. I give the greater part of my recovery with my health challenges to that. I committed to myself to journaling. That's one thing, the inward part. So just kind of writing down what I wanted out of life, what I wanted my legacy to look like. And I would get in the mirror every day, or if I was having kind of a lazy morning, I would turn the cell phone on selfie mode and I I would literally speak positive things directly into myself. So now is the time to not negate those practices, affirming ourselves, writing down goals, not, um, not stopping the dreams. We have to kind of go over the panic mode and go over the helpless mode and kind of kick our own selves in the butt and say, Hey, no, something good is going to come out of this. And I'm in control of what happens to me. Well, Christine over there is just patting herself on the back as you keep saying that, you know. No, I'm saying, Chris, man, I have an idea. I have this thing. Like, I just had this inspiration as you're talking, T, that... That's what I do. That's what I do. (laughs) I'm going to put you to work right now. Are you ready for this? Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. So, I was just thinking about this. Self-limiting beliefs. And, Mm -hmm. you know, our our listeners love when we're authentic and when we're vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, an area that I struggle is... um, making myself get outside and exercise and Mm -hmm. comes from a self-limiting belief. First of all, the first one is I'm not a runner. I hate running. Mm -hmm. I hate walking. Mm -hmm. I hate sweating. I hate all of these things. Who does really? Right. Well, but (laughs) there are some people that love it. Um, And then there's this, I think part of it might be like a perfectionism of, well, I'm not going to be good at fill in the blank, whatever the exercise is. So why get started? So let's talk through that. Help me out here. Okay. First, let me say that perfectionism is procrastination. Okay. Yes. Perfectionism is procrastination because you won't get to a finished product. You won't get to an end goal because there'll always be, it could be more, it could be better. It could be cleaner. It could be crisper. It's always going to be Again, that critic that will tell you, oh, no, you didn't, you know, that's not where it should be. That's not how it should be. So don't let perfect be the enemy of good. You can do something good. You can take a walk around your neighborhood. I don't know if y'all have a pet. I can't remember. A turtle. But, she doesn't really oh, get Oh, walked. she doesn't really walk. <laughs> she's going to get a leash for her, though, soon. A pet turtle leash. <laughs> Hey, that might be cool. That that might be. <laughs> but taking a walk around the neighborhood and getting that vitamin D, also what doctors are recommending now more than ever is that we need more vitamin D. So you can, again, I'm a huge fan of journaling. That's my first book. We'll get to that later. But writing down the positive aspects of actually being outside, getting fresh air, getting that sun, and also have Uh, attainable goal. So maybe you just walk a few blocks for the first couple of days. Maybe you can increase it to a mile, um, maybe by the seventh day or something like that. So if you do 
incremental increases and commit yourself to doing it. So put yourself on a challenge and a deadline. I think just something as small as that about, you know, getting out, exercising. I think you'll be really proud of yourself that you were able to commit to something and kind of see it through to the end. I love that. And I love that the advice that you just gave doesn't relate only to exercise. But one of the things Chris and I just had a conversation yesterday about, um, I was having a coaching conversation with my boss. We have them every week since I'm working remotely. And I Mm -hmm. said to him, I feel like I haven't done enough work. Um, maybe I just want to cancel my meeting with my boss. You know, he might be disappointed. And then I had the meeting with my boss. And one of the things that he mentioned to me was, I have a much higher level of productivity than a lot of people. There you go. And that what I'm doing right now in the midst of managing a home, managing multiple kids, that it's good enough. And to yes. brace, embrace the good enough for right now. Yeah, that's my problem. I never have, nothing's good enough for me. It's always, I always have to improve every single thing I do. I'm like a perfectionist in a way, you know? So what mm-hmm. was it that she just said, Chris? Perfectionism is procrastination. Maybe that's yes. a problem. Maybe I procrastinate too much. I, I think I procrastinate, and then I, in the last minute, I got to be perfect. So it's like I'm in a hurry, got to rush, I got to go. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then it, yep, yep, it yep. feeds this cycle of frustration and anxiety. And yeah, it's just, this is good stuff. This is so good. I could see why you do this for a living. Yes. Doesn't that feel good? Just to even walk through and talk through those things. Mm-hmm. So, Atisha, tell us a little bit about your podcast. Now, how long you've been doing this podcast you have? I have been in this space or trying to get in this space for, believe it or not, over a year. So my funny story with my um, podcast. So the two Z's actually on the end of um, Bold Journeys, those two Z's are actually for the two holidays that I spent in the hospital. That was Easter and Mother's Day. Excuse me, that was Thanksgiving, actually, and Easter of okay. 2017 and 2018. So just a little secret there. But um, it all started out as a really, really shoddy Facebook Live. I was like, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to impact lives immediately. And right. so I just pressed the button on Facebook. Oh, my gosh, it was awful. Oh no! What was wrong with it? What was wrong with just the audio? It was. I mean, it was dark. It was poor video quality. Right. right. um, But I didn't keep folks long. I was on there for about six minutes and thirty-eight seconds. I was just like, "Hey guys, I just want you to know I'm still here. I'm living. And if I can do a turnaround in my life, you can too. So just kind of those things, spreading love and light. That's my whole deal. Love and Um, light. Yes, yes. So from that, from the Facebook, I always called it Monday Media because it will be every week and I will put out about, you know, six to 10 minutes of whatever was kind of on my heart and just wanted to uplift and encourage folks. And then um, somebody told me about something called an RSS feed and I was like, what is that? <laughs> yeah, you and us both, we're kind of the same boat. We did our podcast, same thing. Like I, I thought you just you just dumped it onto Apple. <laughs> you know? Right, right. <laughs> So, yeah. um, and so then I literally, um, one thing that I absolutely regret, I started out on RSS.com and I found the hard way that they don't play well with anyone. So that just was not, I was, um, getting some things out to a very small audience. And when I tried to trans transition over to anchor, which is where I am now, extremely happy with them, much more, um, visibility and connectivity for me. Um, and so the whole, uh, what I'm calling first season, um, which was about 40, 50 episodes are kind of wow. sitting in my phone. I still have to try to get them. Oh, you're not so out yet? 
They're no, I mean, they were on RSS, but then, you know, when I broke the relationship with them, they didn't do, I think it's called the 301 transfer or whatever. That's the tweaky geeky stuff, y'all. They <laughs> didn't do that. And so it's like, it's in my phone. It's in, it's in my cloud. And I'm like, ugh. so no, that kind of is a pain point for me. So I don't want to go there, but I have a brand new season two. We have, I think, um, the total now, I think is 21 episodes because we just have about four episodes that I don't even know how they bled over from season one. So, <laughs> um, bold journeys, I call it a unique relationship podcast because I talk about relationships and faith. So romantic relationships, familial relationships, and even relationships with our politicians and most of all, our creator. That's my deal. That's fantastic. Well, thank you for being a fellow podcaster. Yeah. Oh, yes. (laughs) I love the community. Yeah. Now, podcasting isn't the only way that you share your message. You recently released a brand new book, and it is called Journal for Your Journey. Tell us about the creative process in developing that book. So I really need to say, of course, I'm a woman of faith. This is not a book that I ever, ever, ever envisioned writing. And with the health scare, that was one of the things I still literally have the piece of notebook paper that I made my cousin write down when I was in the ICU. I was like, I can't believe I'm still here. I can't believe y'all didn't actually have to make funeral arrangements. I'm going to write a book. And I was literally like yelling at the top of my lungs in the hospital. Like they sent the um, psychiatric people over to make sure everything was okay. (laughs) But um, I knew that I had to write about that experience. I still am. That's kind of still in the hopper. Um, But this book was so heavy on my heart because it was prayers and affirmations that um, allowed me to get off of 24-hour oxygen support so that I wouldn't have to literally drag an oxygen tank around because my insurance did not cover that cute little oxygen pocketbook that um, the contract guy has. What did it cost for that oxygen tank? That that well, the cute little pocketbook thing costs two thousand dollars. That's cash money. That's not wow. covered by insurance. I don't have two thousand dollars. If I did, I think I would buy a Louis Vuitton bag and oxygen <laughs> first. Better, but, better purchase. Um, so um, I had to have like you know um, like a helium tank when yeah, you get yeah. the balloons for a kid's birthday. That's essentially if I was going to be outside the home for more than an hour, that would have to be in the car with me. It was terrible. But Journal for Your Journey was birthed out of the process of me ministering to myself and seeing that tangible turnaround in my health to have the doctors come to me and say, wow, we can't believe your numbers are looking like this. So I know there's power in the spoken word and speaking that over yourself. So Journal for Your Journey, the subtitle is 31 Days of Prayer to Center Your Soul. And the idea of having a creative voice, you see what you speak and tapping into that faith shift, knowing that you can't just depend on solely on your own works, but that the universe will align with you when you're saying the right things and when you're thinking on the right things. That's what this book is about. And again, I never thought that that would be um, a work that I would do, let alone the first work. Well, that sounds like such a labor of love. And where can our listeners find a copy of your book if they would like to purchase it? 
So uh, print copies right now are available through my website, which is tboldmedia.com. So it's T-B-O-L-D-M-E-D-I-A.com. And um, Amazon has the Kindle version, which is cool. And uh, Barnes & Noble has the Nook version. So if you... um, just doing the search journal for your journey, it pops up, or you can also search by my name. Isn't that incredible that you have put this creative work out there and people can like go to Amazon and download it today if they wanted to? Like, I, I can't even imagine that feeling. I've told Chris, I want to write a book someday. Well, just do it then, you know? Do it, do it. (laughs) We're both saying do it, you know? (laughs) But to get to that point of being able to say on a podcast, hey, everybody, go to my website and you can get order the print version, or you can go to Amazon or Barnes and Noble, which are global distributors of, of written works. That just has to be such a rewarding feeling after such a very terrifying experience that you went through. It is just every time I say it out loud, I'm like, wow, this is my life. This is super (laughs) cool. And if you don't mind me, offering your audience a treat. This is what I did. So Journal for Your Journey is celebrating. We have a milestone. So I began to work on this over a year ago and I started my own little kind of book tour with it last year. So what I'm doing is I have developed a mini ebook copy. So the full print version, um, um, even the Kindle and Nook versions, they have 31 days of prayer. So you have a prayer and journal entry area for every day of a full month. That's 31. But if folks will um, send me an email or go on my website, they can actually get that first full week for free from me. Totally free download. Fantastic. Yes. Yes. So they can do that through the website or even quicker. They can drop me an email directly on my faith handle is the healed girl because I was healed and I'm so excited about Mm -hmm. it. So they can email the healed girl at gmail.com. So T H E H E A L E D G I R L at gmail.com free copy. I love that. Thank you so much. Our listeners will love that. And I know that so many people are going to be inspired by your journey. And especially during a time where there can be a lot of um, troubling emotions, having a week's worth of inspiration and affirmation is something that I know that we could all benefit from. And then Artisha, where can everybody find your podcast? So uh, my home is Anchor. And it's, again, it's Bold Journeys, and that's Journeys with two Zs on the end. But we're everywhere. We're on um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, your favorite podcast app. We are there. Just put Bold Journeys with two Zs in your search box. Wonderful. So to all of our listeners of the Chris and Christine show, we encourage you to, after you finish this fantastic episode, Go out and not just listen to, but subscribe, follow, share the Bold Journeys podcast. And we want to say thank you so much, Artisha T-Bolding, for being on our show today and for helping to give us a little bit of a kick in the pants to get ourselves (laughs) out of perfectionism and out of procrastination to be able to pursue our journey with purpose. Thank you so much for being on the show today. You guys rock. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, Tisha. Hey, guys. What's up? It's the J-Boy Show. I'm Ezekiel. And I'm Jacob. And I'm Mason. 
And don't forget to listen to our new uh, podcast on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe. It's a lot of fun. Yes, it is. We talk about sports, motors, engines, and all kinds of stuff. And YouTubers. And YouTubers. So don't forget to subscribe and listen in every Sunday. All right, and keep moving forward. 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 Well, that was a super interesting interview, but one of the things that keeps sticking with me from what Artisha was talking about was ice trolls. Ice troll? What is an ice troll? Well, do, she- do they like live in the refrigerator? <laughs> no, she said that it's like those automatic negative thoughts or like the stinking thinking that gets stuck in your head. But once she said ice trolls, I mean, it's really stuck with me, but it keeps making me think of... Is that an undisclosed member of the cast of Frozen? I think it was. <laughs> Weren't they the characters that gave the witch the uh, no, sorry the witch the uh, the girl the magical powers to freeze? They were, they were the ice trolls, weren't they? They were trolls, Wait, right? Wait, wasn't there were there trolls in one of the episodes of Frozen? The, fr- the original movie Frozen. By the way, I'm co- quoting Frozen. By the way, uh, I've only seen it maybe once or twice, but I believe that these little magical. Uh, fairies they were like were they fairies or trolls i thought that they were trolls but they were nice yes so but, but they gave him ice powers right i yes or did she already have the ice powers but they tamed it i don't know i'm gonna need to reach out to artisha and i'm gonna need to ask her what the origin of the ice trolls are because i want to use that i think it's funny and I think it I, it's helped me be like, stop thinking like an ice troll or stop, you know, grab hold of those ice trolls. So when you say ice trolls, what do you mean exactly? Like those negative thoughts that are in your negative head. Negative thoughts caused by ice trolls. Well, you call them ice trolls. They're not caused by ice trolls. Oh. You call them ice trolls. It's like, okay, I think of it like this. On social media, you know, on Instagram where you have trolls, like people that will like be on a famous person's feed or their Instagram and then just start saying like negative comments about them. Why would they do that? Well, they're called trolls. Now, what's the benefit to them? I don't get that. There is no benefit. It's the same thing like what's the benefit of the negative thoughts? They just happen. There is no value to them. Get rid of them. But it's caused by anger and emotion. Well, possibly or insecurity, which is the same thing about thoughts. Dark negative thoughts are normally triggered by insecurities, right? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, sure. Why so not? I like that term, ice trolls. And who knows? Maybe they'll show up in Frozen Three. There's gonna be Frozen Three. I don't know. I'm 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 speaking it into existence. I didn't see Frozen Two. Neither so. did I. Maybe yeah, there was ice I trolls. I heard there. it wasn't that great. Um, what I, it had like rave reviews. It did. Yes. Are you sure? Yes. And there's a did song. They it's like say into that? the unknown. Did they, they say said? That, they said that. They said. <laughs> Do you know what I heard is that when people say they said that it's like a guise for them wanting to prove like that they're like have credibility, but there's not actually a they. It's really themselves. It's like this. Like I said, if I was to say I said that I am the most smartest person in the world. Or it's like, did you hear that they said they're giving out free money down at the 7-Eleven? Who's they? They. They said that, you know? Yeah. I've heard people say that a lot. That's why I was teasing you earlier when you were like, they say I look 30. Well, who's the they, Chris? Is it you? Is it you? Do you say you look 30? <laughs> Maybe. I, th- I think that's what it is. I think you got it. Nailed it on the head. Yep, for sure. Well, this has been a really fun episode. And before we wrap it up, what do we have? We have our Shout Out Central. Yes, we do. We are going to bring the podcast back to you and thank you for listening. And we're going to thank you personally. Well, at least thank the city that you live in personally or the country that you live in because this week we had the countries were rocking and 
actually one of our overseas international friends uh, gave us the top number of listens from Dublin, Ireland. Thank you, Dublin, for listening. We appreciate you. We doubly appreciate you in Dublin. Thank you so much. And then uh, other countries that joined us this week were the United Kingdom, Spain, Australia, and the United States. And don't forget, oh, Canada. Oh, Canada. Oh, thank you for listening. And thank you guys for every country that's listening. Thank you so much. And bringing it back to the good old America, United States of America, I've got some cities that I saw on here that were top listeners. And, of course, of course, San Diego, California, where we're at. Thank you for listening. Was it you, Christine? Was it me? It was me. Oh, thanks, Christine, for listening. (laughs) We appreciate you. And next we got the city of... Mequon, Wisconsin. Thank you for listening. I've never heard of that town before. I, I think I need to look it up. I wonder if it's like in the Great Lakes area because it makes, I don't know, Mequon or Mequon, it makes me think of the name of some of those it cities. It sounds Canadian, that, doesn't it? No, I I actually thought that it sounded Native American. Oh, that's it. True, huh? Yeah, that it maybe it had its origins like around that area. Next up, we got the city of La Porte. Indiana. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Next, we have the city of Keller, Texas. Keller, Texas. Howdy, Texas. You know, I love Texas Roadhouse, uh, a barbecue place or the grill. It's a steakhouse. It's not a barbecue. Steakhouse, barbecue, whatever. Um, That's the place, the restaurant we go to all the time over here. It's like down the street. It's a new hop happening place in town and they got the texas flag on the roof next to the california flag next to the american flag right so three flags on that roof i love it thank you texas and next we got very last i got on my list is northwood new hampshire thank you for listening thank you for joining us thank you everybody for joining us we love having you as part of the k2 crew And we are just so excited that we have finished our 39th episode strong. And next episode is a big one because it's number 40. Big 4-0, everybody. And we will see you guys next week. Remember this week that life is too short to wake up in the morning with regret. So love the people who treat you right. Forget about the ones who don't and believe that everything happens for a reason. If you get a chance, take it. If it changes your life, let it. Nobody said that it would be easy. They just promised it would be worth it. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Chris. And I'm Christine. And until next week, keep moving forward. <laughs>